Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Man, I'm super pumped uh, to be here with you guys. And man, I'm going to tell you this uh, before we get into anything. The truth is I have the really unique opportunity to travel all over the country, all over the world, being at different churches all of the time. And I'm telling you, you guys have some of the greatest leaders in America here with Pastor John and all of the you know the team here. So y'all, y'all are super, super blessed. Uh, and I'm, I'm pumped to be here with you guys uh, today. So yeah, as, as Pastor said, uh, my name is Ty Buckingham. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am am married. I've been married for seven years. No clapping. That's fine. Um, no, no, you're too late. You're too late. You missed it. Uh, you hate marriage. It's fine. Um, you know, what's funny. When I first got married and I was speaking somewhere, people were so excited, like thunderous applause, standing ovations. And what I'm learning today is nobody cares. Um, but it's fine. We'll, we'll get over it. We'll get through it. Uh, but as we've been married for a little while, people ask us the question for years. They've been asking us, when are you going to have children? When are you going to have kids? And we were asked this constantly, all the time. And so the truth is, well, we always told them, the answer forever has been this. We don't know when we're having kids, but we're practicing all the time. And so, there we go. Uh, and if you're married and you didn't think that's funny, you just need more practice. Okay, um, for real. And so... I love how that got a little more claps than my marriage itself. Y'all messed up. Um, and so, but, yeah, so, but actually practice uh, worked out. So we have a baby. There we go. We have a little baby. Yeah. Okay. Y'all are learning. Y'all get with it. I have more faith for second service, but it's fine. Um, no, man. So, uh, yeah. So we have a son. He's now, now he's almost six months old. And so uh, his name is Moses. He's amazing. Uh, and so, man, I, I love him like to death. But, man, I am so excited to be here to sleep. I mean, preach. Um, and so, uh, no, let's, let's get into it. But, man, um, but yeah, I love that we're going to have this emphasis on Holy Spirit because he, he's my best friend. Uh, Holy Spirit is my best friend. I can't wait to introduce you to him in a better, more relational way. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we can go to the next slide. Is this uh, what we need to understand? understand is this, is we need to talk about something very important, uh, and that is our pets. Uh, quick, quickly, is this, um, raise your hand if, if you have a pet, raise your hand if you have a pet here, and online too, you know, like let people know in the comments, all that, hey, what's up online, and um, okay, so for me personally, I feel like there are four main types of pets, and if I don't bring up your type of pet, no big deal, no problem. But for me personally, I think there's like four main types of pets. First being dog people. Do we have any dog people in the house? Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like this is like the most American pet to have. Like when I imagine the American family, what I picture is this mom, dad, two kids, golden retriever with an American flag bandana. Like that... That is America. I mean, I remember uh, a little while ago, as you saw a picture of our little puppy, I um, I remember a couple years ago when we brought the puppy into our house, I remember carrying the puppy in, and I just felt more American. I felt like I needed to go vote for something or buy a gun. I don't know, whatever people in Virginia do, I'm, I'm learning. Okay, uh, and so, but I feel like that's a pretty normal pet. Uh, the second kind of pets are these uh, that I think of are, are cats. Do we have any cat people in the room? You know what I mean? 
Okay, basically what you're saying is this. Uh, hi, I make bad decisions. Um, and so, and I get it. Like, I get it. It's a part of my testimony. Um, well, the Lord's delivered us. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but, man, we had a cat. We loved him a bunch. Uh, you know, and we had him for about a year, but then he had this medical problem um, called, oh, what was it called? Oh, yeah, peeing everywhere. And so, um, he, he, too much. We, we had so much grace. It was ridiculous. Uh, and so we let him do that for so long. Uh, but then, you know, we did the Christ-like thing, and we gave our problems to somebody else. Uh, and so we got rid of the cat, but I feel like it's still a pretty normal pet. Uh, third kind of pet are these, are people who have like pet snakes. And if you're here, let's be honest, if you're here and you have a pet snake, you either have or you will do jail time. Like, like there's, there's no way around it. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's just how the dice has rolled for you. Um, like, let's say this, let's say Pastor John invites me over to his house after service. We're hanging out at his place and the pastor's like, hey, there's a kitchen if you're thirsty, bathroom if you need it. I'm like, Pastor John, what's up with the dimly lit room at the end of the hall? And he's like, oh, don't worry about that. I'm like, no, you can tell me, we're friends, whatever. He's like, that's where I keep all my, uh, my pet snakes. Uh, in that moment, I would be like, oh, pastor has done time. Like, for sure. I might have already believed that, but this would really, con- you know, that would really make it more, more legit. Uh, and then the last category of pets are these. Uh, we'll talk about this for a minute. Are people who have pet birds. Now, I-, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I have never once met a normal person who owns a pet bird. And if you're here and you're like, but I have a pet bird, g- get ready. Okay. Um, like, okay, this is real. Um, man, before I got married, uh, I lived next door to these people who had these exotic birds, uh, which meant like twice as ugly, three times as loud, like tw- crazy expensive. I didn't understand it. Um, but I would go on walks in my neighborhood, and as I would pass my neighbor's house, I would hear them from outside of their house. I mean, they were so loud. It was ridiculous. I didn't understand it. Uh, but, but you know, you know, life goes on. And so then, but one day, uh, my, the neighbors kind of invite me over, you know, and I, you know, just being neighborly, I go in, hanging out for a minute, and I realized something I had never really, you know, seen or heard before. And all of a sudden, I realized that they were not making any noise. Like, I couldn't hear the birds. And all I could think was, like, oh, my goodness, like, you know, praise God, they died. Um, no, not really. And so if I was like, I'm like, I asked them, hey, like, what's up with the bird? Where are the birds at? Like, I usually hear them. We all hear them in the community. And they said, oh, they pointed over to the room, uh, you know, their side room. And they saw, I saw the bird cage, which is already a weird thing to me because birds are made to do one thing, to fly. But when we have them as pets, they can't do what they're made to do. They just kind of hop around. It looks ridiculous. But in this bird cage, I actually saw something I've never seen is there was actually a blanket over the, the cage. I never seen this before, so I asked my neighbors, "What is up with this, this this blanket over the cage?" And they said, "Hey, if if we have the blanket over the cage, it makes them completely silent, and it's as if they're not even there." And in this one really random moment at a neighbor's house, I realized how many believers, how many people treat Holy Spirit like he's actually a bird. So often we confine him to a cage of comfortability so we feel good, or we hear his voice, we don't know what to do with it, so we end up putting a blanket over him, and we miss out on all that he has to say to us because we don't know what to do with him. And let me tell you this, man, Holy Spirit is the best. Man, Holy Spirit is not a bird. I'm going to preach out of a, a couple books I've written on Holy Spirit, uh, but to go deeper in this later if you want to, but I want to dive deep into this idea because I, I don't know about you, but growing up, when I thought of Holy Spirit, 
I always thought of like a bird or a dove. You'd see it on church logos, on paintings of like Jesus, a halo, a dove. Never made any sense to me. And I used to wonder like where did this come from? You know, even this morning, if I had all of you online as well, if I had you like draw a picture of Holy Spirit on a piece of paper, you would probably draw one of a couple things. Uh, some of you would draw a dove, which would make sense. Some of you would draw like some fire, some flames if you're kind of old school church, which is cool. And some of you might do both, which would be like fried chicken or something like that. And so that joke sucks. Don't give me any credit for that. Okay. Um, but the truth is, so many of us, we kind of misinterpret who Holy Spirit is because we don't really have a relationship with him. But th- this idea of him being a dove, being a bird, kind of comes up actually in the word. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, and we'll have it on the screen as well, uh, is in Matthew chapter 3, this really shows up. Um, Jesus is in this moment, he is getting baptized, uh, and, it, and it's this cool moment, it's one of the coolest moments and unique moments, and it says this, Matthew 3, 16 and 17, it says this, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and the Spirit of God, now let's pause for a moment, Spirit of God is Holy Spirit, same person, just different vernacular, just different way of saying it, my legal name is Tyler, but everyone calls me Ty, same kind of idea, so we saw Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of God, descending like a dove, say like a dove, see that word like is important because it's metaphorical in nature, and so it's not, he's not saying like Holy Spirit's actually a dove coming to rest upon a branch, the author, the writer of this, who saw his firsthand account of this, was saying the best way in my earthly language I can describe this heavenly moment is to describe it, it kind of looked like a bird coming upon a branch, but it come upon Jesus, and so it did, and then it says this, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This voice from heaven is is the voice of God the Father. And then we have God the Son being baptized in this moment. And then we have God, Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, all together at the same place at the same time in this moment. What's interesting about this, this moment that we read is actually one of the only times in the entire New Testament where we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all together at the same place at the same time, which shows us a very important thing, that Holy Spirit is not a bird. Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God 100% who lives in us, actively in us, who wants to have a relationship with all of us, with all of us. And you might be wondering, well, why do I need a relationship with Holy Spirit if I already have a relationship with Jesus? And the first reason of why I have relationship with Holy Spirit is because it is Jesus's plan for you. It is Jesus' plan for you. I mean, I love John 16, verse 7. Jesus says this. Pastor said this just moments ago, actually. Jesus says this. Now, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is better for you, or it is to your advantage, that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Here's what's wild. There's a bunch of different translations of this. Some say it's to your greater advantage, greater profitability, but one of the verses, uh, translations I love, it says, Jesus says, it is better for you. It is better for you that I, Jesus, leave and send Holy Spirit for all of you. And let me say it like this. There's a lot of reasons why it's better. I wrote a whole book on why it is, but the truth is, one of the main reasons of why it is better for us to have Holy Spirit with us is because Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't do. Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't do. 
And before you, like, you know, throw, start throwing stuff at me, call me a heretic or anything like that, the truth is, Jesus is the best thing, but Jesus is not the only thing because Jesus gives us Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was on the earth, he was confined to one place at one time because he was in one body. And so people had to literally get to Jesus. People had to break down roofs. They pushed through crowds. They had to do all these things just to get to Jesus. But then Jesus says there's something better for us. And instead of us trying to get to him, he through Holy Spirit gets to all of us wherever we're at. And that's so much better. That's so much better. And so then the second reason of why have relationship if Jesus telling you so isn't enough. Number two is this. Why have relationship with Holy Spirit? It is way better than doing life on your own. It is way better. Uh, there's this one prayer I've prayed uh, six times in my life. I want to tell you about it. Uh, uh, one prayer I've prayed six times in my life. And the first time I prayed it, I was uh, 15 years old. And the prayer went like this, doing things on my own. I said, Jesus, let that girl be my wife. Amen. <laughs> y'all laughing, but y'all done it. Okay. And so... Uh, so uh, the first, the first I'd tell you, it's a romantic story. So uh, I'm 15 years old. I'm communicating with a woman in the best way possible, texting. And so I texted, it's a joke. Okay, um, I texted her. I said, hey, girl, do you want to be my girlfriend? Yes or no? There, thank you. Uh, uh, those are the options, yes or no, two options. She answered with a third option. Didn't know that was allowed. Um, she didn't say yes. She didn't say no. She texted me back, sure, period. And I was so excited. Some of y'all are like, oh, that's so sad. I was excited, man. I was 15 years old, hormonal as all get out. And I was like, man, I run up to my, my bedroom, I shut my phone, and I get on my hands and knees, and I say, Jesus, let that girl be my wife. Hey, man, we had a crazy relationship, ups and downs, mountains and valleys, and eight minutes later, we break up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we might be friends, but you're laughing too much at that, at my hurt and my pain. And so, no, but so it was a, it was a funny thing. And so, but then I, I prayed this five more times in my life. I prayed this in high school again. In college, it was like an extra class I was taking, basically. And so like, I was praying this over and over, and it didn't work out over and over. And it was, it became, honestly, it became frustrating for me. Because all, every time I love Jesus, and all the time they love Jesus, so my assumption was, then it has to be Jesus which isn't how it always rolls. And so I, I was getting perpetually frustrated with Holy Spirit not answering my prayers. Perpetually frustrated. Eventually, the culmination of this, uh, I reached a, a season in my life. Maybe some of you are here. It's okay if you are. I reached a, a season in college called the Super Single Season desperately so. And so I'm at a Starbucks working on a paper for college. I'm typing away. Uh, this, this beautiful woman walks into the Starbucks. I'm typing away. I look up. I looked down and said, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm like, I'll take anybody, please. I looked at her again. Uh, she had a wedding ring on, so that did not work out at all um, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, I was so frustrated that God didn't answer my prayers. But can I tell you now, looking back, I am so glad God did not answer my prayers. Man, I've seen those girls, their Facebooks. I've seen it. They're all crazy. Like, if you are ever in a relationship and it goes wrong and you don't know what to say, just say they're crazy. Like, Ty, what happened with you and Sarah? Oh, dude, she's crazy. Bro, I get it. Like, say no more. Like, we've all been there. And so, like, they're all crazy. And, I mean, I, I, but on the real, in those moments, I didn't feel it because, I mean, I had this belief that my plan was better than God's plans. I was telling him his plan for my life. You know, and so I was like, Holy Spirit, you know, I want these people to be my spouse. And I would get perpetually frustrated that God wasn't answering my prayers. Maybe you're here like that today. You're, you're frustrated that God isn't answering your prayers. But could it be that God isn't answering your prayers because he has a better prayer for you to pray? 
And so, so, all, so I, I did this, you know, five, six times I prayed for this. And then I meet this girl named Rebecca. You saw a picture of her earlier, uh, who is now my wife. And I met her, and I never prayed that prayer because it didn't work. Um, and I didn't want to jinx it. But I also, I, I got to a place because I had a relationship with Holy Spirit. I'm hearing his voice. I got to a place, instead of begging God to bless my life, I was listening to Holy Spirit. And when you listen to Holy Spirit, everything he tells you, it's already blessed. So I go from begging God to bless my life to walking in the blessing every day. And so I meet this girl named Rebecca. I start having a relationship with her, start pursuing her, you know, dating her, all of that, while I am also in relationship with Holy Spirit. My relationship with Holy Spirit does not go on pause to have a relationship with anybody else or any other endeavor in my life. And so I'm having both relationships at the same time. Holy Spirit is guiding me, of course, through all of it. And over time, I feel Holy Spirit tells me, because we have a relationship, that he's, I feel like Holy Spirit says this, is Rebecca is the girl I want you to marry. Now, everyone in the house, I want you on the count of three to say time out. One, two, three. Okay, thank you. We need to pause because if there are some single people in the room, I, need to, I just need to lay it down. If you meet somebody and you know that you know that they are going to be your spouse and the Lord tells you, you do not tell them. Because it's super weird. That's the weirdest thing ever. So imagine this. Imagine this table is our dinner table. I'm on date number two with Rebecca. Uh, I sit down. She sits down. And she's like, how was your day? I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Uh, she's like, oh, tell me about it. I'm like, well, uh, today I, uh, I heard from the Lord. It was awesome. She's like, oh, my gosh. That's so attractive, so impressive. What did you, what did you hear? And I'm like, oh, well, are you in for a treat today? Um, I, I don't want to tell you this, but uh, he said I'm going to marry you. You're welcome. Uh, I promise you, if I would have done that, she would have gotten out and left, and I would have never seen her ever again. Why? Because it's weird. And let me say it like this. Holy Spirit does not give you permission to be weird. No, no, no. He doesn't give you permission to be weird. He gives you authority to be normal. And so instead of being like weird and honestly manipulative in that situation, you know what I end up doing? I'm going to be a normal believer. I'm going to not do things in my own way. I'm going to do things his way. I'm going to pursue that relationship. Eventually we get married. And then about two weeks after the, you know, into the marriage, I tell her that the Lord was in it, just making sure. And then she said, oh, actually, I felt the same thing. Like, wow, we could have saved a lot of time. Um, but, then, but then what I love is instead of begging God for his blessing, I can walk in it all the time because Holy Spirit wants to bless our lives. He wants to do this. Like, he desperately wants to do this. And the third reason of why have relationship, before we go farther, is this why have relationship is that it is a miraculous life. It is a miraculous life. Man, um, and let me say it like this. As we talk about being like a, a, a you know, spirit-filled believers, a spirit-filled believer is just a normal believer. It's just a normal believer. Man, this is a normal biblical concept of being a spirit-filled believer, and having a miraculous life is normal. You know, I think it's as interesting as this, is there is not one recorded miracle that Jesus does until after he himself receives Holy Spirit. There's not one recorded miracle that Jesus does until after he receives Holy Spirit. So how much more then do me and you need Holy Spirit? Probably a bunch, probably a lot. And let me say it like this, because I know in a room of this many people, a lot of us can come from different faith backgrounds growing up, and maybe at one point in your life you've heard someone say, hey, Holy Spirit's power stopped, man, miracles no longer happened. Let me tell you this, the only reason they taught you that Holy Spirit stopped is because that person never started. The only reason they're saying that Holy Spirit's power stopped is because they're trying to excuse their own lack of personal power. 
And let me tell you what, Holy Spirit does miracles, like all the time. Tonight, uh, we're going to meet at another building, another place, and we're going to have a, a, a teaching time and prayer time for a good bit just on miracles and healing, and I promise you we're going to see them. Not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit that lives within me and lives within all of you. And so tonight is going to be awesome. But let me tell you a, a quick story to illustrate this, to make it really practical as a normal believer. I want to tell you a story that happened in my life, and I think it can be practical to a lot of us. So a while ago, I was going to Walmart, which is already a miraculous place, because I go in for two things, and I leave with like 48 things. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm walking into Walmart, and because I have a relationship with Holy Spirit, I, all of a sudden, I, I felt him talk to me. I felt this, this nudge of Holy Spirit. I, say, say the nudge. Actually, do this. If you can, nudge the person. Just give him a nudge. Just nudge the person next to you. There we go. So I feel this nudge, not physically, but it comes as a thought. That's where Holy Spirit speaks to us often is in our thoughts. And so Holy Spirit nudges me, and here's what I feel like he says to me. He said, hey, you cannot leave Walmart until you pray for the sick. My response to him was, yes, I can. I do all the time, um, if I'm really honest, because I have a relationship. Uh, and so, but I, here's the thing. His ways are way better than my ways. And so his plans are way better. And so I walk into Walmart, and I have two ways of doing this. I can be a weird believer, or I can be a normal believer. A weird believer walks in and is chasing miracles everywhere. They're saying, every person, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? You look sick. Like, like that's weird and messed up. Or what I want to do, I want to be a normal believer because Holy Spirit empowers us to be that. And so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to do my Walmart thing. I get my, you know, get my toiletries, get some stuff for a trip just like this one. And I'm, I'm going around Walmart just doing my normal thing. I'm not pursuing miracles. Miracles should pursue us as we follow Jesus. And so I'm walking around Walmart and nothing is happening. I'm wrapping up and nothing is happening. And let me tell you this. If that's the end of the story, that's really okay. I want to give you permission to miss it sometimes. Let me tell you, there are so many of us where like, we feel like we hear from the Holy Spirit, it doesn't work out the way we think it's supposed to, and then we disqualify ourselves from ever hearing his voice again. But man, you are not disqualified, you are radically qualified. Man, and every time you miss it, man, it's not that the Holy Spirit was messing with you, it's that you might not have been in a great place to hear him in the clearest way possible. And so it's an opportunity for you to hear him better the next time. And there's always a next time. And so, but this time I actually ended up hearing him right, uh, and the story gets really exciting for me. So I'm, I'm walking through Walmart, wrapping up. All of a sudden, I feel this nudge again. A nudge person next to you one more time. Give him a nudge. Do one more nudge. So I feel this nudge again, and it's even more specific. This would be called a word of knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are nine gifts of Holy Spirit, and one of them is a, is a word of knowledge that all believers can be used in to bring others closer to Jesus. And so I feel Holy Spirit specifically speak to me because we have a specific relationship. It's, a, you know, it's unique. And he speaks and he says, hey, in three aisles from now is the person I want you to pray for. And you might be thinking, yeah, right, because that's what I thought too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that seems too good to be true. And you might be wondering, well, how do you know it's God's voice and not just your own thoughts? Well, number one, is it rooted in the word of God? And healing totally is. We'll talk about it all tonight. It's going to be amazing. And the other way we know it's God is we find out. And so I'm going to find out. This is my faith journey. So aisle number one, nobody. Aisle number two, nobody. Aisle number three, it's one person. It's a Walmart employee, and it's the cereal aisle. And you're like, Ty, who cares? Because if God's going to do a miracle at Walmart, he's going to do it in the cereal aisle. <laughs> like, honestly. I I've never seen water turn to wine. Never once. But I have seen milk turn into chocolate milk. Praise Jesus. And so, 
So I, I do my thing. I get the Cocoa Puffs, put them on my cart, then I go to the lady. Um, priorities. And so I didn't want to forget. And so she looks at me. She says, hey, is there anything I can help you with? I'm like, she's begging me to pray for her, clearly. Um, not really. Uh, and I want this to be really practical because I believe that this story isn't my story. It's a kingdom story that all of us can have. And so practically, here's how I do this. Usually in church and always outside of church, uh, how I pray for people is this. I said, hey, ma'am, this might be really weird because it probably is. This might be really weird. I think God is super real. I'm trying to hear his voice better all the time. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Would that be okay? Would that be okay? Those four words are important because I want to get permission from her so I can operate under a better level of authority. Because I don't want to just be all a weird believer, have my shopping cart, see her at the end of the aisle, and be like, let's go. In the name of Jesus. Like, no, no, thank you, sir. Uh, absolutely not. If you did that to me, I would lose my mind, um, for real. And the truth is, is because like you don't gotta, you don't gotta be weird or larger than yourself. Or you don't have to, you don't have to yell. You know, actually, let me say this: If you're married, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, cool. When has yelling ever made things better? Never once. But yeah, sometimes in these like Holy Spirit moments, these prayer moments, we feel like we got to get louder or be something that isn't ourselves. And let me tell you, Holy Spirit wants to empower the you that you already are. You don't got to pray like me, pray like Pastor John, man. You just got to pray like you. So she, she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you can pray for me. I mean, let's be real. She's on the clock getting prayed for. Best deal ever. And so... So then I hear uh, from Holy Spirit again this word of knowledge, and I break this down more in, in some book stuff, but, but the truth is this is a way for her to see that God is real. And so I said, hey, ma'am, this might be really crazy. And I don't know you at all, but, and if I'm wrong, I'm so sorry, but I, I had this weird feeling. I just feel this nudge of like that, like three days ago you were in a car accident and it like, hurt your back really bad. Like, does that mean anything to you? And she looked at me and she said two words, oh, snap. Say, oh, snap. Not those exact words, um, but really close. Um, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she cussed me, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Um, you know why? Because I don't expect a non-believer to talk like a believer. If anything, it kind of made me excited. And so I'm like, let's go. And so, um, and she's like, yeah, how, how did you know that? She's like, I'm in severe pain for the last three days. I need the money, so I have to work right now. Uh, I was in a car accident three days ago. I, I'm in severe pain. How did you know that? And, and, I, and the truth is, the goal is not for her to see that I know her. The goal is for her to see that God knows her. And so in this real, like my hope is that she forgets me but always remembers her. And so then really quickly, uh, I, I prayed for her in a Walmart, randomly, with my hands in my pockets, and I prayed just like this. Jesus, you love my friend like crazy, so much so you died for giving her life forever. But I pray you'd also heal my friend because you just love her like crazy. Amen. It's like, like that easy, that fast, like I'm chill and like I got things to do. And so, not really, but, but for real, like we don't have to like pretend like God is waiting for us to like beg him for something. Man, you don't have to beg God for what he already wants to give you. Like at all. And so tonight is the same when we pray for healing. It's going to happen because he wants it to happen. And so I prayed for her. And then she starts to cry, and I'm like, oh, God, I made it worse. Um, no, but, uh, no, but so she starts crying and weeping, and she's like, you don't understand. She moves her back around, and she's like, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm in no pain. She's like, I've never felt this good in my life. I think your God just healed my back. And here's what I love. This isn't my story. This isn't her story. This is our story. And these moments should happen to all of us because the truth is Holy Spirit, he wants to nudge you in these right directions. He wants to, he wants to nudge you. And let me, you know what's interesting in this very room, I can see you, is that there were three different nudges when I asked you to nudge the person next to you. Number one, some of you like, are just nudging right into each other. Like, 
chill out. Like clearly some of you got in a fight on the drive to church and you took it all out in that moment. You're like, let's go. And then, then some of you did a little tap. That's cute, whatever. And then some of you didn't do it at all. I can see you. <laughs> like, what in the world? How rude. Um, no, but you, 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 let me catch it. If you don't catch anything, I want you to catch this. The level of nudge that you felt was determined by the level of relationship that you have. Man, if, you, if you're really close to them, you can nudge, man, you can nudge them out of their seat. But if you don't know them, it would be really weird for you just to nudge them really hard. Like, like this guy preaching is like, hey, nudge person next to you. You're like, okay. And you push them out of their seat. And you're like, I don't even know you. Could it happen? Yeah. Does it happen? Shouldn't all the time. And the truth is, it's the exact same with Holy Spirit. If you are not perpetually feeling nudged by him, my question for you is this. How close are you sitting next to Holy Spirit? I mean, how close are you to him? Because he wants to nudge you. He wants to nudge you in the right direction, and he wants to give you something that honestly is more than salvation. Salvation is the best thing, but it is not the only thing that Jesus gives us. And so we're going to talk about this just for a moment, and then we're going to pray about this, is this, is Jesus gives us this gift of Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, man, he's like, he says this, go and wait for the gift my father promised. For in a few, you know, for you were baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus begins this by saying, hey, there is a gift for you. And so by definition, you don't have to beg for it, buy it, plead for it. All you have to do because it's a gift is receive it. That's all you got to do. And so Jesus says, hey, there is a gift for all believers. All believers can receive this gift. And then he defines what that gift is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. These are Jesus' last words ever recorded. Jesus says earlier, there is a gift for you. And then he says, what gift you will receive is this. You will receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus is really saying is this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this nudge, if you will, is really this. It is the empowerment to be a way better witness. It's the empowerment to be a better witness. You know, I remember growing up thinking that witnessing is what we did to other people. You remember as a kid, we went like Christmas caroling. Uh, our, our, our small church, all the kids, we went Christmas caroling to lead people to Jesus. It didn't work because we were unrehearsed and we were terrible. And it was June. Um, that, that's real. That happened. But I remember growing up thinking like witnessing is like us doing this, this thing for others. But the truth is, is witnessing isn't what we do to others. It's what others do to us. When they witness you, do they witness Jesus? When they witness your marriage, when they witness your generosity, when they witness your obedience, your faithfulness, your worth when, when they witness how you pray for people, I mean, they should witness Jesus. And Holy Spirit empowers you to do that more. And then in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 4, this is the first time this happens for any believers, but it is the foundation for how all believers can receive this. And it says this, on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together at the same place. And it says, that suddenly, a, a sound of a violent rushing wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it says, and then and like, divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested upon each one of them. And then I love this. It says, that, and then all of them were filled. Say all. All of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens immediately after that is they speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit gave them the ability to do so. Now, they didn't all of a sudden become some, some random puppet and Holy Spirit was speaking through them. No, they were given what to say. It didn't make any sense to them. But then by faith, they spoke out what they were feeling to that they felt led to say. And here's what I love about this moment, though. So many things. But what I love about this is this. And if I can have my friends in the band make their way up as we transition to prayer. 
What I love is this, is that in this moment, there are roughly 120 followers of Jesus who are waiting to receive the gift that Jesus said is promised to all believers. And so there's 120 followers of Jesus. Some of them have been followers of Jesus for years. Some of them had only been followers of Jesus for months or weeks or days. And yet, every single one of them was filled. All of them. So regardless of how long you've been in relationship with Jesus, you are qualified to receive the gift that Jesus has for you. You're qualified. And then, and then we see these amazing things that happen after they receive. We receive we, they see these amazing things. I think what's wild is Peter's a great example. Before this, Peter denies Jesus time after time after time again. He has no boldness. He has no empowerment to do any of this. And then later, you know, as, he, as Jesus is getting crucified, and then... Jesus raised from the dead, you know, all this stuff. He receives Holy Spirit. He receives the same empowerment that all of us can. And Peter leaves the room. He goes outside and he leads 3,000 people to Jesus in a moment. I love that he goes from denying Jesus three times to leading 3,000 times the people to Jesus. Because why? Because he's been empowered to do it. He's been empowered to do it. And the question might be this. Well, how do we know we've received this? How do we know we've received this nudge, this baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, initially, you will speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit gives you the ability. And the other way is continually, over time, people should come to Jesus. People should come to Jesus. And so we're going to pray about this for a moment. But the only way, the only prerequisite to receive Holy Spirit, man, his empowerment, all of that, man, to receive that gift that Jesus has for us, and the only way to receive the gift that Jesus has for us is to receive the gift that Jesus is for us. And so I want us to do this. If we can all across this room and online as well, if we can bow our heads and close our eyes, this is not private, but it is personal. Jesus is super real. He's the son of the living God who loves you like crazy, so much so he died on a cross for you, was rose from the dead three days later, abolishing all of your sin, guilt, shame, all that, so that you can have heaven after you die, but also so that you can have heaven here on earth as you live, and you can receive Holy Spirit. And so, man, regardless of where you're at, man, maybe, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe it's been a really long time since you've been fully dedicated to Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you'd say, I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning in this house and online as well? Awesome, awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome, hands up all over the room, it's awesome. You can put your hands down. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray, man, we're gonna pray as a Lifehouse family, as a church family, because we are not called to do this just alone. We're gonna do this in community. We're gonna pray this together. Because the word of God says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So we're gonna pray real quick. And just repeat after me, all, everyone in the room, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my whole life. I know you died and rose again for me. I know you're pursuing me and I give you my whole life. I am all in. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. 
For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.